Welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latal. Hello and welcome to the Didi and Lital show. I'm Lital. Hi Didi. Hey Lital. How are you doing? I am doing awesome. Two banners. Two banners in the rafters. Two Tell kids. Us. Two kids. Two Both of them won the local championship in hockey. Yes. We're very proud. Very proud. What's the takeaway? The takeaway is grit. You have to grit through this. And it's good that we moved them out of our own town's hockey team to play with the real hockey team. Exactly. Sorry okay. if you're in Newton. We love our town, but no. the hockey sucks. Yes. You, you, need to, <laughs> you need to have a little bit more grit and a little bit more sandpaper. By the way, the, this is also a really interesting observation from the, those two wins because one had a lot of finesse, except for our child that was sitting on another player. And his job <laughs> in the game. He was assigned to do it. And the other team won for, against a very highly skilled team by just beating the crap out of them. This was a very impressive win. We're very happy parents. Yes. Uh, yes proud and of hopefully that. the Bruins will learn to do the same. Well, <laughs> they're, yes. they're, they're doing They're well. doing awesome. Yeah. But we'll see in the stand. They will choke. Yeah, we'll, as a, we'll as see in the playoffs. If you're not a, if you don't think, if you don't have a big fear that they'll choke, you are not a Bruins fan. I'm sure. <laughs> big topic in the news this week. There was a major leak of some security briefing information, and then it was tied to a Discord channel. And apparently, when we are recording it, uh, arrest has been made yesterday of a guy. F- local here in Massachusetts. He's in the, I think, National Guard yes. Air Force. It's supposedly the... A 21-year-older. Inte- uh, intelligence division of the Air Force branch of the National Guard. If I, if I get it correctly, I don't understand U.S. military branches but, completely. So the thing is, it's about, I don't know, 60, 80 pages of what seems really highly confidential security briefing material that exposed capabilities that the U.S. have. Israel, South Korea, uh, knowing when they will run off some of the ammunition that they have, us having access to some things going on in the Kremlin. So this is really high-level intel. And you get to ask yourself, WTF, a dude, 21 years old, in Massachusetts, how come this guy had access to this level of briefing? Like, what's wrong? So let's start with your ageism. I I think that age, people will immediately assume that 21-year-old, is he responsible, not responsible? We give 21-year-olds old, if we give them a Hummer with a cannon at the top and send them to places, they're responsible. So I, I don't think that the age is the problem. Okay. So if somebody can is allowed to shoot at somebody, th- they are allowed access to information. Th- th- that's at least... Okay. Let's delete the... the but, 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 but definitely he's not in a so highly ranked position an, in the intelligence school. Doesn't mean that... Uh, if you're the person that's supposed to, have, to make sure that the system is up, 
you don't need to be high ranking. When I started my service, I was an NCO and I was in ops. Ops supposed to have a lot of permissions because otherwise the systems don't stay up. The person that keeps the system up has access to keep it up. So you don't are you supposed to actually see the data though? Getting it up doesn't mean that you can read the reports. Okay, now, now you're touching a very, very interesting topic of how do you keep the people that maintain the system out of the, the, the data that's there and should you do that? But for me, even before that, one of the things that kind of uh, when I was reading the article this morning, I, and, and by the way, when we talk about age, Snowden was old enough to be responsible and he still leaked a shitload of information. So this is something else. I, the, yeah, the, but the, thing, uh, the thing that scares me more is a lot of what he was talking, the, the report was talking about is that he comes from a military family and therefore he gained a lot of trust of a lot of people because he came from a military family. Now, this could end up being not true. You know, yeah, we don't know a lot about the, what, the, the incident the, the, at that point in time. Yes, Probably the, the, in the, the next few days. People will discover will. a lot more. Yeah. But as newspapers, the, we are doing a weekly show and we're reporting on what we know now. Right. So as we know now, the, he comes from a military family. And that always reminds me of the Falcon and the Snowman. Producer Dave, you're probably the our resident expert on older movies. But if you everybody remembers, the guy there in the, the Falcon and the Snowman, he was part of... And that's a true story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you have not so- seen the movie, that's Sean Penn probably acting... Probably Timothy of, Hutton. Uh, Timothy Hutton. Yeah. But very, very young Timothy Hutton. Yeah. Acting amazing and... Timothy Hutton was playing somebody that came from a CIA family. And that's how he got the job to sit there in that control room with all that sensitive information. So you think a pedigree gives you kind of the trust of the system? Yes. Even in Israel where there's all these processes in place, somebody comes in and they say, oh, his cousin, his mother, his father knows somebody awesome. Let's put him in and skip the line. Well, I'm not going to talk about uh, the son of a uh, current prime minister. But, but in Israel, uh, we do know of an incident that was really painful and taught a lot everyone and basically changed all the guidelines in the military. I, I, I'm going to, and you will know it, and we can tell a little bit about this incident. This is coming from the Yom Kippur War in 1973. There was an And by young, the way, even though we're old... We were not. We were not alive at the time, but uh, we all know it because uh, we were taught about this. Actually, everyone going into a role in intelligence in the Israeli military learns about this incident. That's part of you have to learn it because it is such a big scar that the organization have. So the story is there was an intelligence officer, very capable, very smart guy. He was felt in captive by the Syrian uh, army while being in Mount Hermon, I think one of the first days or maybe the first day of the battlefield. And while being, he, he wasn't tortured. He was just told that the state of Israel completely collapsed and he's the last remainder. And he was feeling like he needs to tell the story of how awesome the Israeli military was. The guy being as smart as he was. Actually, he served in different bases. 
he had a role taking care of Syria, intelligence, Lebanon, and before that, I think, Egypt. He knew everything, but he also not just knew about capabilities of the intelligence corp, he also knew by heart car license plates of everyone in Israeli military, phone numbers. He, he knew by heart everything. And he spent months telling the enemy everything he knew. He, he just sat and wrote it. And what it taught the Israeli army is compartmental, con- compartmentalize, <laughs> to compartmentalize. Yeah, keep apart. Don't make sure a certain person doesn't know everything about anything. Like he sh- a person should know enough about the role that he's actually doing. So yes, if it gets to the enemy, he will do some damage, but the damage will be controlled. The so, collateral damage will not be enormous because when this guy came back to Israel, there is a room full of books of him telling what he told the enemy. And it, he created so much damage. It was irreversible. But um, compartmentalize. Thank you. Compartmentalize. Awesome. <laughs> well, no. Now we'll I know. still am not going to be able to say it. No. So the, the <laughs> thing that, that we need to realize, and this is, this is where I'll also now transition more into the business aspect of this rather than just the Yeah, I think this is a, a uh, lesson learned to so, a lot of businesses. So here's an interesting aspect. The U.S. Army had an inverse use case, and that was 9-11. Because nine, during 9-11, at least that's what we are told from our liaisons when we were working with with the U.S. Army, that 9-11 made them actually share information with the branches because initially the branches didn't share shit with each other. Now they're sharing a lot more information, and because of that, people from different branches can see more information from other branches. So it seems like they shared broadly, and this dude could take pictures and put it on Discord server. That, that is possible. Now, here's the question that you ask, which I think is very relevant towards business as well, is how do we give people the right level of access and are we building systems the right way? You asked, should the person operating the system have access to the data in the system? Mm-hmm. I'll give you the, the pros and I'll give you the cons and I'll give you my personal opinion. So the people operating the, the system, the pros of giving them access to the data is this is the best way to QA the system. How do I know if I deploy the patch in a rapidly developing environment? How do I know that the data still has data integrity? The best way for me to, to know this is to take look, a look at sample data. And if I look at the, always at the sample data, the same sample data, they have biases because the sample data will work and everything else will be broken. So you do want to give people that operate. So you're saying, let's say a Salesforce admin needs to have real access to all customer data just because if, if you, they need to test something, you want them to look at actual data and not dummy test data? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Because otherwise, how do, will they know if they deployed something that broke everybody? The test is not enough. The test is not enough. Okay. And but that's a risk. But that's a risk. That's a risk. That's you're a, giving that, your that, whole customer-based data that's uh, a access to an that's admin. A, that's a legitimate business risk. Now, here's the real reason that it happens most of the time is because of laziness. Defining roles like I have access to create admins, but I don't have access to the data, 
or I have the ability to reset factors but not see the factors or things like that. It, it makes you think, it, right? It, you it, need it, to, it, to invest some time in thinking it, about it, it what type of goals. It, it's really easy to build a system that has everything that's below you. Think of how car upgrades look like. Usually when you look at a, a, a car upgrade, you'll see that the next generation has everything before and more. And you want to think of everything before and more. And the same thing happens a lot of times with administrative roles. Is that they do whatever a user can do plus plus today uh, I mean I think or at least it's something that an organization should discuss are you willing to have this risk of them having everything plus so instead of just the plus so this just is being able to set users and not have access to the actual data that is a very very good thing but unfortunately it's harder to build systems this way and It's, it makes them more complicated. The GD and Latal show will return in a moment. The GD and Latal show is sponsored by Ort. In today's world, identities are the perimeter protecting the organization and are the most exploited vector by attackers. If your security teams are struggling to maintain control of identity management tools, Ort can help. Ort offers a centralized platform for discovering, monitoring, assessing, and remediating identity threats to your business. While most security platforms can take weeks or months to start identifying and remediating risks, with Ort, your security teams can get started in as little as 30 minutes and start securing the identity perimeter immediately. Ort will surface the most critical vulnerabilities and give your security teams the recommended action steps. Start your trial today at ort.io. That's O-O-R-T dot I-O. The DD and Latal Show is sponsored by Hunters. Hunters is a SaaS platform purpose-built for security operation teams. Providing unlimited data ingestion and normalization at a predictable cost, Hunters helps SOC teams mitigate real threats faster and more reliably than SIM. Visit Hunters.ai to learn more. I'll give you an example from our own system that we're building things right now. It's hard to build, think of, the, let's say you need to build a flexible UI that every time you come in with a different role, it shows a different UI. Mm-hmm. It, it makes a lot of sense. But, but that means 10 different designs. 10 different designs. It means a lot, a lot more designs. Different use cases. It means yep. a lot more tests. Mm-hmm. It means a lot more... Development time it means that every time you change something in the data structure you, you need, need to, to change it in the ten different permutations that you created for the different roles exactly and people want development velocity mm-hmm. so they're very much okay with saying okay we're compromising something for the ability of the system to actually work I hope automation can help with this no it's actually it actually doesn't because the prob- the real problem the real challenge is to make the system the right now there's a desire for systems to be effective and useful for the the user mm-hmm. building a lot of the di- different designs is is the designer time is the expensive part the not the dev not the dev interesting so that's and same goes for the data modeling aspect the more data models that you have the more protection you have it means that the system will be slower because access queries will run slower so what do you think if that's the case 
what is the right approach. If an organization really wants to minimize those things, um, so the right, I, I think so at that, the moment maybe people don't even think about it. Some people in the organization at that moment have access to things that they shouldn't and probably are not aware of. So right. Let, that, that's the reality in that, most that, organizations. That that is the reality. The the other thing that is important is you need to understand from your business perspective what is the right decision for you. And I'll explain. If you are the military, it could be that spending the time investing the designers, investing in that separation of duty that operators and administrators don't have access to the data of the users, build the right level of logging. I think they should. They build the right level of logging that if somebody turns on, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, this is something that we did a little bit of as a, as a kind of a, back then, back then there was no hackathons, but now I know it would have been called a hackathon. We connected our alert system that if anybody connects a USB system, it turned on, it's very, it's very appropriate for the NHL goal systems because it turned on that, uh, and the and the red light every every time anybody connected the physically USB, physically every time that everybody connected the USB that went like that. That's oh wow! Be, that's be, exactly that's because of where. We're so at. it's like as if a stranger got into the, the same type of alert if a stranger got into the military base. Exactly because we had that system for the physical entry that that's how we hacked it through. As I said, bunch of nerds have nothing better to do sit at night, so we played around with systems like that. And the military did enforce USB lockout and things like that. Right. Nothing prevents an organization like the military to create the right level of roles and controls and implement. But a bank, even if they would love to, I don't think they'll put the alarm. Uh, uh, that's uh, I, I think a bank doesn't... On the uh, USB. Th- their velocity and their velocity versus competitors is weighed in dollars. And that becomes very complicated. Healthcare systems, they're already so back compared to everything else. Adding more friction will just make it worse. Exactly. So it, it's, a, it's a pros and cons of velocity of development. But now I'm going back to my boring part. But, but You do need to audit admin activity. So here's a little bit of kudos to Okta. Okta, in, in, when you invite a support person into your system from Okta, it creates a nice little alert that says, DD is impersonating Lital. And when you want, do, want to do impersonation, which is part of the, the admin's ability to debug the system, an impersonation, I pretend to be you, there's a big, big alert and a big, big notification. What happens with the notification, that's, a, that's another problem. Is somebody dealing with this? Most cases, no. Most people don't know that their alert is there and you're supposed to monitor for it. So... The systems sometimes have these controls, but nobody monitors for what, what do the admins do. And the other aspect is, in most cases, we don't actually qualify our admins into, did, how, how did we hire And I think role? that's the thing. I was about to say, I think there was a few years ago, I remember this type of a leak from uh, a hospital mm-hmm. in which one of the IT people leaked that some celebrities were staying in the hospital. I don't remember the exact story, but it was, for me, it was, did you hire the right guy? Like the, the, or the, gal. 
or, or girl, whatever. I, I mean, obviously, this person wanted to be famous, wanted to share this information about those celebs coming to the hospital. I think we are probably looking at when we're hiring IT people and specifically for those admin roles, we are kind of like, we want to get the work done where we're looking for technical capabilities. I'm not sure how robust is the softer element of it. What's the motivation of the person putting some guardrails around that? So this is where the military actually is supposed to be better. I, I know, I don't know anything about recruiting to US military. I know how robust Recruiting to Israeli military, it's not perfect. There are always issues and some, always you get the wrong person getting in. But percentage-wise, it's actually pretty good. Like the, the one-off that is like oh. a rotten uh, so remember um, tomato. The, remember that RSA breach thing? Mm-hmm. Post that RSA breach thing, Sam and I probably can talk your ear off about the fact that we wanted to implement some more rigid hiring processes in RSA. Shield HR took me to the side and yelled at me for like 30 minutes. She said, Forget about it. No, no, no. She said, Do you think my job is not hard enough right now? Exactly. Do, do, do you think... And how right many open roles did she have to Exactly. How, how many open roles do we have to fill? What does it mean in terms of development velocity? Do we really have the, the, the ability to impact... And do you have, like, what is it that you're looking for? Exactly. Uh, no, the, 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 if, even if we put in a spec in place, we need to remember that right now hiring, it's still, even with all the challenges in the market right now and all the, f- the financial constraints, there are still about three to four million technology jobs open in the U.S. There's competition for every one of those roles. And those roles are typically also the ones that are heavily outsourced. IT roles are outsourced to India, other countries, whatever. Like nobody knows who is actually the person that has all those privileges and managing. So even if we wanted to, I think it's really hard to put all those human resource guardrails of who is doing it, what's his mental state, why is he doing those things and trying to identify those that might be risky people? So um, from my perspective, this is kind of rolls back to, I, I know that I'm tooting our own horn, but this is where at least some of the stuff that when I was building my product, this is part of the stuff that I was thinking of, that the systems are not built to deal with this. And there's a video of me out there talking to Mike and Sasha about session hijacking. And I said that session hijacking is another form of credential sharing. And credential sharing is very, very prevalent. How about you start with roles, role impersonation and session hijacking? And, and role impersonation and credential sharing. And assume that, that the patterns are relevant. This way, if you implement those controls in place to deal with the boring stuff, to make sure that admins actually do the admin jobs, and don't do additional stuff. What applications they're accessing? Are they they leveraging their access, their excessive permissions? Are they leveraging the things that they're not supposed to? It doesn't matter if they're doing this in a legitimate way or an illegitimate way, through credential theft, or just credential sharing, or just abuse of power. 
It doesn't matter. If this is happening... The outcome is the same. The outcome is the same. Just ask yourself, is this supposed to happen? And if you don't have a process in place to deal with this, this is the thing you can do right now. If you're a business and you look at that leak and you look at the, this and ask yourself, have I enabled too much power at the hands of too few people? And or too many. Or too many. <laughs> what is the impact of Lital losing her credentials? What's the impact of Uri losing his credentials? And if you don't know the answer to that, start by answering those questions. And then rather than try to fix the systems, because fixing the system will translate into lengthy discussions and lengthy arguments and lengthy discussions about business philosophy. If you put a control in place and a process to say, I picked this up, now this is what I do with this, here's how fast I, I remediate, now you've eliminated the need to hire the perfect engineer. Now you've eliminated the need to hire the perfect person. Unfortunately, we're probably not going to be able to. We won't be able to hire perfect. the perfect person because so we don't have, have we don't have the military's budget, and even the military is failing at this. We've seen. Exactly. So everybody should care about it. It's a problem, not just uh, for the U.S. military, or not uh, just for the banks or not just for anybody. Yeah. If you care about your data and you don't want your data floating around, you should ask yourself, who has access to the data? When are they accessing the data? And how are they governing this? Yeah. All right. That's our take for today. Yes. Uh, I think oh, with that. One, one more thing. Yeah. I know that I don't know if, if it, this will come in sequence or Kayla's video will come in, in other place. One of the things I mentioned is process. We, everybody hates process. I know you hate process. When you hear the word process, you get agitated. But unfortunately, to address some of these concerns, you do need these process people. So if there isn't a person that owns the process... So specifically, what process are you referring to when it, it, with regards to permissions for user, access of data? User access controls. So everybody does, does uses user access reviews and user access controls by the, oh, let's send an email out to everybody. Do you need to use Salesforce? Blah, 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 blah. Everybody says, yeah, yeah, of course I need it. Nobody checks if I logged in the last 90 days even. Nobody puts in the process that everybody does the CYA thing rather than take a look at what am I doing to help the company. What is CYA? Cover your ass. Okay. I, I hope that everybody knows what CYA is. By the way, that is an important skill. If, if there's one thing I learned from the Army is CYA first because you never know when the trial is coming. <laughs> and with that... We leave you. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for joining us. The Didi and Lital Show is a weekly podcast. Please rate it and review us wherever you're getting your podcast. If you want to be on the show, reach out to Didi and me on LinkedIn. Until next time, go Bruins. Go Bruins. Thank you.